Hey, yo, 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 what up? It's Prodigy from the infamous Mob Deep, man, the HNIC, you know what I'm saying? And I'm always tuned in to Fan Bros. It's going down, kid. What, what? Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Benjamin, alongside my partner in crime. Chico Leo. What's going on, Ben? How are you this week? I don't know. I need a little bit more energy than that, though, Chico. Yeah, no, I know. All right, I'm going to get on. Get, I'm getting on my horse, and I'm riding all around. And uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> All right, yo, no, we're all we're all we're all hyped up here in in the spaceship. We got a we got a great show for you, everyone. You, sa- you said you wanted to add sound effects to the show, Chico. Right. I don't think that's how we're gonna go well, about yeah, that, it. Well, that, that was my my lo-fi uh, Monty Python uh, <laughs> horse pat. Right, exactly. I was gonna bring in the coconuts and the, and, and the, the uh, plop, plop, yeah, plop, exactly. Plop, um, I've actually only ridden a horse once in my life in the Dimin- in the Dominican Republic, no less. Oh, uh, that, that's that's not bad. No, yeah, no. I mean, you know, the horse not, got away from me also, and it was uh, it was a, among the most terrifying experiences of my life. So you were thrown from the horse. I was happened? not thrown, but the horse, like you know, I was no the, the horse was in control for most of the ride. Oh, okay. So you were just hanging on for dear life. I was hanging on for dear life. Yes, absolutely. I imagine you were screaming and crying like a little girl. Well, I was a little boy. I mean, I was probably I was. <laughs> you in weren't a little grade. girl. I was in seventh grade. I was a little boy. Well, that's not really so much a little boy, but um. <laughs> You know, yeah, no, I mean, and I was like a mile away from like everyone else, you know, who was able to maintain control over their horse. So if you ever go to the Dominican Republic, anyone out there and you do uh, ride a horse, you know, stay in control of your horse. You know, that's that that's that's something that our fan bros listeners are going to face on the regular. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Useful information and tips from Chico Leo. Yo, man, if if things continue with the the way they're going, I think a lot of people are going to start riding horses once, you know, we hit peak oil and the climate change and everything like that. And we're in this, uh, you know, escape from New York future. I thought you were depressing before the show started, Chico. Let's uh, get back to our other friends who rejoined us in the studio today. You know, Tatiana King and Jamie Rigetti are both here. You know, I rode a horse once before. It was actually in Sheepshead Bay along the Belt Parkway. Wow. Right by Coney Island. I wish I didn't have to go all the way to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, you didn't have to. It's right around the corner, dude. Right. Wow. Doesn't take much Were you really riding a horse along the Belt Parkway? Yeah. For some, I don't know if they do that anymore. For some reason, it was like they was doing horse rides up and down the Belt Parkway. Somehow that's even more outrageous than me going all the way to Dominican Republic to ride a horse. Yeah, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) imagine if you're driving down the Bell Parkway and someone is riding a horse (laughs) and it's Tatiana. (laughs) (laughs) What up, what up? Good to be back. Welcome back, Tatiana. And also, of course, we have Jamie Rigetti, who just came back from Detroit. Yeah, what's up, guys? Amazingly, she made it out alive. Somehow. I mean, you know, it wasn't too cold in the D. (laughs) I mean, it's summertime. Let's pray that it's not cold. They got enough problems. You know what's sad is I've never heard the original version of that song, and now that's going to be the version that stays with me. It's so cold in the deep. I believe it. Alrighty. Well, welcome back, fan bros. I hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode. I'd like to shout out to DMC for stopping through again. Um, shout out everybody who's been hitting me up on Twitter about the delay to get to iTunes. Thank you for all our subscribers and commenters and raters on iTunes. Please continue to do so. We'll fix that this week. There won't be any problems. They'll all be up at once. iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. What's going on, Chico? How is this week's True Blood? Let's just get right into it, man. You know, I uh, I feel like there was a little while there where they had recaptured their mojo, Uh-oh. and I feel like they they lost their mojo again a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I had been I had been hating on the season early on, and then in the middle I started really getting back in with it. But I think the last episode or two have sort of lost me again. Um, I just feel like you know I don't care about Warlow. I really realized. <laughs> all right, this is this is this He's is kind of boring. This is an observation. I was a big Buffy fan. Now I know Buffy is in the past, but there was a scene in this week's uh, True Blood where Sookie starts crying, and I just didn't give a shit. And like when Buffy would cry, I would really be like, "Oh my God, Buffy! I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sad for you." You know what I mean? Like. I just don't care about a lot of these characters. And I feel like when I'm reading on Twitter or when I talk to people, 
it's a similar thing and it's mm. hard like did you care when eric's sister died in his arms like that's something that you should really care about i never and, liked her yeah. yeah she never really made never much of an impact her. on me no i mean you know look i mean there was that corny girl fight that yeah I, I enjoyed and i feel like a lot of people enjoyed you know with between uh the blonde church lady and, yeah. and the Asian. Oh, lady that was hilarious! Ran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was comedy. But and exactly, it was sort of slapsticky, and 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 the scene of the 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 vampires underneath waiting yeah. for the blood Licking to come. Yeah, for the blood yeah. to come. Yeah. So that was enjoyable. And but, the thank you Jesus after she did. Right after yeah. she impaled her, her. on her heel. Mm. You know that that gets props and points for cleverness <laughs> and for you know just sort of weird violence but i i got it sarah newlin that's her character's name when sarah newlin is the dopest thing in an episode Ooh. yeah i don't know rough. i mean you know um i particularly enjoyed the black male uh werewolf having one line on the show right what was his line um are you out of your fucking mind right. bitch right yeah, yeah exactly like, there you go yeah you know i really applaud the writers of true blood for giving such right. diversity to their in a characters. show in a show wow. set in louisiana no less let's say i mean which definitely mm. there there are tons of black Did folks he even in louisiana have an accent? no that was the funniest thing i rewound it like three or four times and i swear to you his accent was like thick brooklyn new york like are you out of your fucking mind bitch like you know it was not see that i put a little cali on it that wasn't even right normally they keep it you know even even if it's just throwaway characters they still at least keep the accents going him they was like they don't give forget about it and then he got named uh the female werewolf names him right after that she's like no i'm not out of my mind bruce you know right but that is literally the only time i've ever seen him speak have any type of thought process, anything other than being a background character. Well, this is like some alternative Louisiana where besides eggs, the, <laughs> there's only one black family. It's Tara and Lafayette and Tara's mom are like the only black folks in this this version of Louisiana. What's so crazy is that I forget that it's in Louisiana because there's so few black people right, on that exactly. show. You forget that it really is supposed to be like in the deep south. Right and and you yeah exactly well I mean half the characters don't re- I guess they I guess they do a decent enough job with the southern accents but no I mean uh, yeah that that is another thing uh, yeah, against the show I, mean, I didn't feel I felt like this week was I mean I felt like the last two weeks haven't been as good as the previous three weeks when we were like right. it's at its peak but and Sarah Newland was probably the best part of this episode my favorite part wasn't the um actual stabbing with the shoe yeah. my favorite part was when she was talking to the dead governor's head. Right, yeah, no, that, and that, that revealed him on that the she mouth. was crazy. Yeah, that was just pure comedy. I, I actually also, I just want to say, I liked when she tried to break her neck and it didn't work. Yeah. I mean, like, that was the first time I've ever actually seen that on, on anything yeah. in a TV movie. And, like, that's what would happen if I tried to break somebody's neck. Like, literally, like, yeah. it would be like, It's like you've seen this work? on TV, but it never worked exactly. in real life. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen anyone get punched and they're knocked out, and yet every time in a movie or TV, someone gets one punched. socked on the jaw and then that's Go it. Go to sleep. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it works that way. So, um, Tatiana, you haven't been here for a minute. How have you been feeling about True Blood? I mean, okay, well, first, let me say this. I Every time I try to catch up with True Blood, my fiancé messes me up. He mm. falls asleep and then tells me I can't continue on the episode. I got to wait for him to watch it. So a whole day will go by. I like marathon sessions, but I just keep watching and watching. So is your, enda- your, your, uh, is your relationship being endangered by True Blood? I think so. Or is True Blood well, being endangered by your relationship? True Blood being endangered by my relationship. <laughs> right. I feel like, I feel like, and I know more, a lot of people go through this. I know, I know Jamie has something to say about this, but you got to be careful with things like this. I mean, when you, especially when you are going into series that have been around for a while, that have had a few um, episodes, like yep. at least 10 episodes, you want to catch up, especially if it's like the hottest thing out. If it's Breaking Bad, you want to catch up. Mm-hmm. You want to be with everybody else. Everybody's telling you all the business. You know, people are spoiling things for you. So you're like, well, I got to hurry up. So I'll do binge watching where I'll watch like maybe six episodes, like on a weekend or something like that. If my partner falls asleep, I can't do that. Do you really want to watch six episodes of True Blood in a row though? You should if it, thank if it your was partner two years for falling ago, asleep was, right now. If it was two years ago, yeah. <laughs> but based on what I've been seeing, not a uh, no, thank you. Mm. Jamie, how do you feel about this? Well, this seems to be a you know with our female correspondents, this is a problem. Yeah, I mean, like I'm definitely trying to catch up with Breaking Bad before Sunday, and I'm smack dab in season three right now. Um, Ooh, for the past so you're pretty behind. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and Sunday's running right up on us. Uh, Breaking Bad premieres this Sunday on AMC, folks. Everyone should be tuning in, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, so I obviously am going to have to binge watch. I mean, I'm almost done with season three. Okay. So I know like Hank is, I did the fly episode, Hank's in rehab in the next one. So mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty close to the end. But So I wasn't it awesome what happened to Gus? 
Yeah. Well, I already know. <laughs> you already yeah, know. We actually know, revealed we it. Revealed I know it on, on, on the, the prodigy, episode. prodigy, the, the flower oh. of life actually, uh, you know, came back to bite Jamie on the ass. It did. But, but you know what? The truth is, I kind of don't care that I know because I have no idea how it gets to that point. Right? Uh, so in a way, yes, of course, annoying. You, you know, yeah. that's a huge thing. But I mean, I still want to know how it gets there. I still want to see. And how whole... it gets there is very dope. Right. Yeah. I mean, and though, and really... even just you know, getting up to the last this final half of you know season five like i want to see what you know what what it's gonna all come up to what's gonna you know well on the relationship tip um what about when you're dating someone or seeing someone and they're not interested in a show you watch yeah that's the tricky thing too is like do you try to convert them I tried to get my boyfriend to watch The Tudors, and he was like, "Not having it." it never at all. happened. No, <laughs> not having it. So that was that was fine. Um, you I, know, so there's a thing where you try to convert, and they're not interested, so you just like watch it on your own. Um, which when is someone's good for like the gym, right? Yeah, oh. but see, like me, like if someone doesn't watch Lost, I just don't understand them. Well, see, my boyfriend was such a huge Lost fan. I've never watched it in my life. See, that's just weird. Yeah, I yeah. know. And he has the DVDs. And his thing is, like, do you really want to commit? Because this is going to take, like, a chunk of your soul. Like, do you, you are not just going to watch <laughs> a couple episodes and be like, nah, I'm cool. Like, you are going to commit. Yeah. So, uh, that, so he, you know, he preps me, at least. Like, get ready to pour your life into this for the next couple weeks. Lost also has a lot of episodes. Like those are 24 episode seasons yeah. and there's six of them. So you're talking about like 140 something episodes. Whereas Breaking Bad, you know, is a much smaller chunk of your, you know. Though I have to say like the hour long episodes when you binge watch, it's a little, I mean, cause then you're, you're, you're spending a whole day basically. Even if you do five episodes, that's five hours. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've definitely binge watched through Breaking Bad. I've been, I've seen a whole lost season in, Three days once. Yeah, I've done that on the weekend with yeah. the last season where, like, I would watch every season before the new season premiered. So I've ended up seeing Lost first season like five times because I watched it before season two, Man. then one and two. And you can do a season in a weekend, but you're not doing much else. And, you yeah. Know, God. Yeah. That's usually the hungover Sunday is where right. you <laughs> get some pizza and just watch like a show all day. I did that with Walking Dead. Season two, I pretty much like binge watched and then started season three. See, I feel so. bad for you doing that. Like those, certain yeah. shows, I just ooh man. Yeah, I mean, like it does, you know, drain your soul a little bit. But yeah. at the same time, <laughs> it's just like damn. Like, but season, I think season two, of Walking Dead was so good because you had all that stuff going on with Shane and like. You know, I I, 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 just I thought that whole reveal with the little girl being yes, in, the, all that in, stuff. in the barn was pretty amazing. But I didn't like much before that. And then I liked everything. after. Oh, that, man, that I was recall. season two, the whole that barn. Was all, that, oh, was yeah. God, it took that was the one where they just, spent, you know, and that the reason for that, the behind the scene reason is because Matthew Weiner, the, the madman guy, mm -hmm. he demanded so much money that they just took the money from the budgets of The Walking Dead and and. Um, the Walter White and, and Breaking Bad. They literally were like, you know, those are all AMC shows. Yeah. And Matthew Weiner's contract was up. The, he's the showrunner for Mad Men. And uh, he, got, okay. he asked for so much money, partially because they hadn't given him so much money in his original contract, that literally AMC was like, okay, we'll give you the money. And they just took it out of the budget. So Walking Dead, they literally had to keep them at the farm because they didn't have money to, like, move around and, you know, do all that kind of shit, which ended up hurting the show a little bit. See, I More actually, than a little bit. Yeah. I, I thought it was good, but again, like... And Carl getting lost, and, yeah. you know, I mean, like, the, you can't yeah, keep an true. eye there on your kid lady, things. you yeah, know, like, and, and dad, not, not, that's not just the mom's <laughs> job, I don't want to but, but put that out nice there. But what was nice about, what, and I think we kind of all agree with the binge-watching, although Chico, you don't, but um, it's kind of cool. Like, I didn't have to wait to find out about the girl. And, and there right. are pros and cons to that. There sure. are pros and cons, and it depends on the show. Like, And I do binge watch some shows, especially with this, like, anything that's on Netflix, like the original series, you know, the Netflix original things. But like Ben, like, I was really into Lost. And the idea of having a whole week to sort of figure out, oh, what's going to happen next? And what did this mean? And lot yada, yada, yada. It becomes more of your life when you have a week in between an episode and you think yeah. of stuff every now and then or you you have a conversation at the water cooler or with your friend or you know whatever i say f that give me all the episodes now well see but like okay like walking dead <laughs> i could i could see being like actually that second season I, I bet it was actually more enjoyable because you didn't have to sit through the weeks waiting for 
like another episode to come on and then it, they're still looking for this damn girl yeah that's what I, I mean that's why it made it really good and then season three i watched live and then that was the week by, although you know and that's the thing like i know tatiana does it too we let stuff pile up a little bit on the dvr <laughs> so that you don't really have to wait a week and i was gonna say the only thing is when breaking bad starts we'll finally have that week by week experience now, i don't know i'm just throwing this out there say something like jane jesse's girlfriend from the you know q's daughter on uh, breaking bad from the second season Season. Now, I, I mean, we can give spoilers, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I think I'm, so. I'm yeah. Caught up. We're so, so, yeah. so, so Jane dies. Yep. Now, if you were watching it week by week, their relationship was like seven or eight weeks of your life. Mm-hmm. But if you binge watch it, it's just a few hours. And I just wonder if her death meant more as a viewer. And I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm. Just, I'm literally asking this. Like, does her death mean more? when it's dragged out when when their relationship is more like you know in real when you have time space to, when you have space to talk about it with right. your friends that you know, time you know et cetera, et cetera. read reviews online yeah. listen to you know podcasts like, like fan, fan bros. bros exactly well see i to, to to answer that question i know with me i still allowed even I, even though i didn't maybe literally had a week in between i imagine that temporal space that okay right. Even though I've been I've binge watched maybe six episodes or something like that, and that was maybe to span their relationship, I I knew that it was weeks or months or whatever whatever it really was right. um, written out to be. So maybe I just imagined that myself. Secondly, I know I don't go and read the reviews or the or the captions or whatever you want to call it because a lot of times they give away stuff. Like I don't I mean maybe these I don't know why they do that, but a lot of times people say certain things that I have not yet seen. So I just rather just be to myself kind of be in a bubble watch what i need to watch catch up and 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 like i said if it's if it's the six week long relationship that i find out in three days then so be it yeah no i was just throwing that out there i mean i don't and and i i i think it definitely does depend on the quality of the show and even the the pacing of the show i mean some shows do lend itself better to that than others i think with jane too it's her death was like so shocking in a way right you know when he's watching her die i think that even though i mean i I was binge watching it still was like holy shit man yeah yeah i can't see that like when i watched um because i watched the season of lost when naomi came on the show and like I binge watched that, and I mean, she was an important character, but I like Naomi, and when she right. got killed so quickly, I was like, oh, you know, that's really fucked up. The whole reason why I'm binge watching is because I'm so deep into the characters. Like, I've, yeah. I've made that connection point mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't want to stop watching. I need to see how the story progresses. And if it's written that damn well as Breaking Bad is, then I still feel like I still have that same feeling of, of connection and that same feeling of, holy, sh- you know, something happened. You know, whenever somebody dies or anything crazy happens, like... I don't need that week. I just want to see it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just saying, like, like, um, you know, Lost was a part of my life, like, as Chico Leo, like, going about my regular thing for six years. Like, I lived with it, you know, like, even though it wasn't on for, or, like, The Wire, I started watching from the beginning in 2001 when it started. Like, so it was part of my life for six or seven years because they had a long break between, like, the third and fourth season. So I'm, I'm, you know, like I was a different person by the end of the show. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know the answer. I'm not suggesting that this is the that it's better to do one or the other, but it is a different it is a different experience. I guess it totally depends on the show or or the person. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm totally well, making think, way too much. Of I, the think difference. Just, <laughs> I, mean, I think TV's just I think TV's changed since right. Lost and The Wire were on, where you didn't have DVR then, so it was kind of like you had to have that week. Absolutely, experience. that's and true. Now, with Netflix, with yeah. Hulu, with DVRs, you it, it's changed how you watch TV, yeah. I think. It was a big deal that they re-ran the Lost pilot two or three times because it got such good reviews. And mm-hmm. nowadays, you'd be able to see it any number of ways. You know. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think also, like, the other part about it is I think that's just a new way of watching things. And you got to think about it. Like, if it was a movie, you'd watch three hours at once anyway. So it wouldn't right. really be binge-watching, you know, three hours of Breaking Bad, which is more like a movie right. than, like, your traditional form of TV. And speaking of Breaking Bad, this Sunday we have the final season coming up. Final eight episodes. Eight episodes yeah. left um, in the journey of Walter White from a mild-mannered school teacher into a meth Drug kingpin King yeah. and beyond even now. Murderer. He, yeah, I mean, murderers. You can't call someone who has 200-something bodies to right. his name just a murderer. Right. You got to give him a little bit more credit than that. Um, mass yeah. murderer. Yeah, no, he's a mass murderer. There's megalomaniac. No yeah, and, and a megalomaniac. Yeah, I like absolutely. to use that word. 
Don't get to say that one often. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say about that, if we're going to make, I like, I can't, I mean, like, I couldn't have told you how The Wire was going to end or Sopranos or Lost, and I feel like, you know, Breaking Bad is, is, is approaching, if not at that level. Like, I do think Breaking Bad is the best show currently on TV. Like, when I say currently, I mean, you know, like, that's yeah. airing. And it's amazing to me, too, because Breaking Bad, I didn't, like, I got into it late. I got into it a couple seasons in, I think the third season is when I started, maybe second. I started no, I started watching at the beginning of the third season, and I'd seen some episodes of the second. Then I went back and watched everything. And I didn't expect the level of greatness from it that came from this right. show. It's like, I, I put it up there with, to me, it's Wire, Lost, and Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. As my three favorite TV shows in a modern era. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't really argue. I can't put any. I, I mean, I, I might try and mount some sort of game of thrones but 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 no way but you know yeah game of thrones is good i definitely i think i think game of thrones is better than 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 you guys but uh, i think it's picked up but i still don't think it's on the level of those greats. no these are i mean these are extraordinary things you know there's definitely no doubt and so you know i mean either walt is walter gonna die is his family gonna die and him have to live with the fact that that his family died is he even is he go- so far gone that he doesn't give a shit if his family you know like i really is jesse gonna die like mm. that's the because jesse is the moral center of the show and he was supposed to die in the first season are we just on death watch right now like i mean at this point we really are we have eight episodes left somebody gotta die you know it's like biggie said you know well, or there's no karma or justice in the universe. Like this guy has put a lot of negative stuff out there, and depending on what your belief in 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 the universe is, like if you put negative stuff out there on the level that he has, you were supposed to be revisited it in in spades, no less. I've seen that. Like you know, a lot of things have said that he's going to get what's coming to him. Right. Not really spoiler, even just like in general, like this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. But I think that again especially since i'm not done and i'm very fresh with the earlier stuff you see um you know a lot of like the drug lords like uh there was uh what's his name tuco tuco yes tuco you see the um the mexican that gus was working with who uh, had the two mexican dudes who came over the brothers the brothers right so you see these these kind of bigger drug lords who get knocked completely down and you see all the collateral damage for that and i feel like that's almost a setup like Mm. walt has become those guys yeah and all of them do go down and and i think in real life i mean you know they just captured or killed like a big uh cartel guy in mexico like in the last month like you don't people don't generally get old in that profession walter's like sell from dragon ball z like he just absorbs everybody's power. Wow, that that's a reference that's going right over my head. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I know some fan bros will understand. So sells like rogue or something. He just he just takes people's. He, he basically absorbs the whole essence, the whole being of. People. Yeah, yeah, I felt like Walter was like a vampire. And he in that kills sense, them in the process. He definitely, yeah. yeah, he he. I feel like he's ruined Jesse's life. Yeah. Even more so than Jesse had already ruined it for himself. Oh yeah, I mean he. He's got Jesse wrapped around his family. He gets Jesse to dump that woman who's great with the kid, you know, like Brock's mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, poor, yeah, poor right. little Brock. Yeah. Mm. You know, so, I mean, like, he, he definitely, yeah, no. And uh, Well, even just from, like, season one alone, I mean, you know, asking him to, like, make meth with him. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm taking over your house. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, like, forget all the stuff he's made him do. Like, number one, just, like, you're going to make meth with me. <laughs> right there you know like let's set it off you know it did and then you know they have the dude in the basement that um you know that all that shit oh. i mean it just is that like crazy eight or something yes like that? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they wow. got handcuffed to the pole yeah. right yeah. but he but remember and and the bathtub thing like which was hilarious that jesse like fucked it up but the truth yeah. is like walt brought all that to jesse's door and it was like you're gonna deal with this you're, you know i i can't mess with this stuff so you're gonna have to you know he ruined his house, you know. You know what I mean? Like he fucked that kid up right away. Yeah. All under the guise of science. <laughs> and there's a whole weird, sick, like weird father-son thing going on there as well, because because Je- Walt's son totally rejects him in every way. Like even Walt's son has his name and wants to be called Finn. Like yeah. there's all this stuff that like hammers away at Walt's self-esteem. Um, uh, a question that I always ask people is, when did you think that Walt went bad? Or when did you stop liking Walt? I never stopped liking Walt. Yeah, there's wow. two, those are two but different. Y'all are both strum. No, for real, like, I still like Homeboy. I, do I feel like he's, like, 
evil incarnate right about now? Yeah, sure. But I still like him. Like, otherwise, oh, see, if I, I didn't like him, I couldn't more. watch the show. I thought he went bad when, because he, he's responsible for Jane's death, because he turns her oh, over. Oh, he murdered Jane. Like, he didn't just not help her. He actually turned her over, causing her to vomit. But I, I had to stop liking him when he poisoned the child. Yeah, I was going to say, Jane, Even though he didn't kill the kid, like, it, it's fucked up to, yeah. to poison a five-year-old little boy. Jane was the line where I was right. like, oh, Damn, well, but then I was like, you know, he's he's real strategic in his thinking, you know, you know, it's rude, but whatever. But the kid, I, I can't take things that have to do with kids yeah. getting hurt or killed or anything like that. Anything to do with kids, like, then you, you've crossed the line for me. So when that whole Lily of the Valley, you know, uh, thing popped up, I was just like, uh, mm, Yeah, see, I, I was like, like, Walt's like um, Jeffrey from Game of Thrones to me, right? Joffrey? Joffrey, Joffrey yeah. right. Like, um... That bad? Oh, he's not that he's bad. He's not that bad. Jo- oh, Joffrey's not insufferable. A, yeah, Joffrey's like, not even human. Like, if there was a show human, just about I Joffrey, mean, I would never watch it. We can it. understand sort of how Walt became... Like, I feel like one of the great things about the show is they set it up so well. Like, No, got, no, hold on. Walter you White... you in the strategic Walter sense. White... Yeah, and not only that, Walter White um, got an out that he turned down. That I'll tell you in a moment. I started hating Walter White. When he made the money. No. Was when he was offered a job with insurance that would have taken care of his family, and he said no right. because of his ego. Walter right. White is a complete psychopath and a megalomaniac as well, and it's not like um, he's just... You know, like he's doing this because he wants to do it. It's not because he has to do it, not yeah. because he needs the money, none of that. He's doing it because he's always been shut down in his life. Absolutely. He's never been able to be the man. Right. And so he saw a chance to become the man. And so he wants to be the man. <laughs> but being the man as a drug dealer means you are an evil bastard. Absolutely. You are manufacturing meth and putting it out onto the streets. You can't. I put Walter White right up there with Joffrey easily. Wow. It's really funny because I was going to say the moment that I real like he turned for me wasn't when he first kills the guy in the basement, even though you could argue that for me, it was when he he was making money for money's sake and not to take care of his family anymore. But now that you said that, you're so right. It's him turning down the job. It's when he turned down a job when I was just like, yo, you're a scumbag, dude. You you don't need to do this. You're putting your family at risk. You're putting your life at risk. You're doing all this stuff that you no longer need to do because of your ego. And that's ridiculous to be in America and right now and your ego gets in the way of you taking money. I agree with you on all that. I still can't bring myself to be like, I straight up and down hate Walter. Because like I said, I'm the type of person where if I if I don't rock with you, I'm not talking with you. I'm not listening to anything you have to say. Like I can't even see, be I around you. Like I wouldn't be able to watch it if I really intrinsically hated I don't Walter. hate Walter as much as like, I just, well, as a character, I just do not, yeah, I don't think, I think he's evil, you know, and all that. I don't know if I hate him for that though. It's just like I don't hate Joffrey for being evil. Joffrey, no, just I hate is, Joffrey. I yeah. hate Joffrey. Like Joffrey, like I told y'all, I, I'd hold his head underwater. Oh just man! Well, an interesting thing is, and this is just an opinion. So <laughs> I, I, I agree, he's evil. <laughs> Joffrey, my what, ass. What does he deserve? Does he deserve to die, or does he deserve to see, have everyone he loves die, and and to walk the earth dealing with that? See, that's that's, that's a the good, question. Yeah, you know? because like, what makes like Kane from Kung Fu, right? So I, I just as an aside, when, and I asked this on Twitter, when Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction says he's going to quit and he was going to walk the earth like Kane, <laughs> does it. he mean Kane from Kung Fu or Kane from the Bible? Well, he it came Kane, from Kung Fu because right, he's isn't teaching. Isn't that fed from Kane from the Bible, essentially? I think so. But they're spelled differently. I mean, not right, that he's I, talking. I mean, but so if someone had a copy of the Pulp Fiction script, that would. But I think he said, doesn't he say, doesn't John Travolta say something about walking Earth and righting wrongs or something? Oh, so is that, that what? Yeah, okay, so all right. I think that would be Kane from Kung okay. Fu. All right, yeah. Because I don't know what Kane from the Bible did after well, killing after, his brother. But after he kills his brother, yeah, he he's, gets he's forced to walk the Earth with a big mark on his head. Yeah, but th- what did he do? Oh, he, he walked the earth. Well, I mean, you know, and, and ostensibly <laughs> met a girl somewhere, or well, else we wouldn't be here. I mean, I mean at least if you follow the. Uh, he allegedly you know. is is. Uh, oh no, no, that's the other one. Sorry, Abel. Um, no, no, no. I was thinking of the the birth of like the Arab tribes, right, right, which right. is actually uh, Ishmael, and that's uh, sorry. Anyway, but Cain wandered the earth. But there's also that thing that he's the first vampire. Do you ever hear that? I have heard yeah. that. Yes, I have heard that. Isn't that in True Blood too? Don't they mention that in True Blood? I that think... I don't know, but I know it's in like some graphic novels and like, yeah. some fantasy stuff. It's it's a cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because huh. he's supposed to be a redhead and the pale thing. You know, I'm just saying. I didn't know Cain was redheaded. <laughs> well, allegedly, that's the mark of Cain is red hair. What? Really? Do you want to say gingers? All gingers? 
I didn't know that. I love gingers. But yeah, I like gingers too. That's yeah. Like the, yeah, I can't roll with that the one. The idea is that the mark of Cain is actually red hair. So Jean. is Little Orphan Annie actually a, a vampire? <laughs> is Jean Grey a vampire? Right. Well, wow. remember, yeah. gingers These are all have these no soul. Yeah, no, I know. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, um, let's leave that question out to our fan bros then out there. What are your predictions for the final episode, eight episodes of Breaking Bad? Just one thing to add to that. After Breaking Bad, there's a new show premiering called Low Winter Sun, starring uh, Lenny James, who's a fan bro favorite. He was uh, yes. he was on The Walking Dead on the two best episodes of The Walking Dead, which are the pilot and the episode Clean. Yep. And uh, another... He's uh, the star of the show? He's one of the two stars. It's awesome. him and a guy named Mark Strong, who are both British guys who are playing Detroit cops. And he can play whatever he wants. Yeah. He's Mark an amazing Strong actor. Is, um, he was in uh, Sherlock Holmes. He's the in the first one, the guy the that dies but doesn't really die. He, he, oh. Yeah, he's also yeah. in like Ridley Scott did a recent Robin Hood that that, that had Russell yep, Crowe. Yep, he's yep. actually a, one of the villains in like, that. Like if you look up Mark Strong, yeah. he looks like Andy Garcia. You'll know who he yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> but one, one little interesting thing, there have only been two shows to my knowledge in the recent years that have taken place in Detroit. And one was Hung on HBO, which is actually a pretty good show. Yep. And there's this one, Low Winter Sun, and Lenny James is in both of them. And oh, so he wasn't Hung. You're yeah, right. He was the pimp. He was the pimp who, oh. who owned Beefalo. He owned a whole bunch of, you know, of he, half buffalo, half cows that he was raising. He's a great actor. Oh, I mean, he is a great I, I actor. I already knew he was a great actor from Walking yeah. Dead, but And he goes wow. back to Snatch. He I was, was just in Snatch. Yeah, he's in Snatch. He's in yep. Jericho, which is, a, is an underrated show. Uh, and, and he plays like a weird like Man, we, need, we, we need to get Lenny James up we on here. We do need yeah. to get Lenny James Please. up on here. Is he on Twitter? I don't know, but we're gonna find so, that out. So uh, you know, once uh, if you're watching The Walking Dead this weekend, keep you know keep the TV no, on. I'd rather Breaking Bad, <laughs> not Walking Dead. And uh, you know, AMC has is has some holes that they've got to fill, and I think they've got some high hopes for this Low Winter Sun. And I know some fan bros out there have actually been talking about it on Twitter, and you know, no, definitely, and anything with Lenny James is worth checking out. Yeah. So and it's filmed in the D. And it's so cold it's in so the cold D, as they the say. D. Right. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? This is me, DMC, and the place to be. When I'm up... That's a blooper. Keep that one. <laughs> yo, yo, what's up, y'all? This is me, DMC, and the place to be. And when I'm out on the road doing shows, the place for me is right here with the one and only Fan Bros, because they know how it goes. Yeah. And welcome back, Internets. Hope that break wasn't too long. We're right back with some news for you. Jamie Rigetti has some big news this week. The new Doctor Who was finally announced. It's so exciting, guys. It's a white dude. Wow, yes. no, one, no one was expecting that. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And this is the 12th white is, dude. Yeah. Not the 10th, it's, not it's the, the 9th, not the 11th, but the 12th white dude. In a row? It's actually the, technically the 13th because John Hurt is is sort of this weird doctor thing. Well, they're, so, they're, they're calling you know. the 12th. And I have to say what that means is that if they do do a person of color or a woman next time It'll and it doesn't final. work out, no, they're going to. Oh, is that is there yeah, a whole 13? Yeah, it would 13th? be the last one. Oh, OK. Yeah. So even then there can only be like that. Well, and then there was all these issues because Ooh. River had regenerations that she killed the doctor and gave them to him. So, you know, does he have extra ones? Like I'm so clueless to this. But yeah. hold on. The 13th doctor will be the last doctor. Yeah. So there will be no more Doctor Who show. Well, that's the thing is that you can technically um uh, I believe you can move into a different body and then you can have more ge- regenerations from there. It's just that that his body right now will die after it regenerates for the 13th time uh, uh, apparently, but it's Stephen Moffat so God knows he'll write some sort of, you right. know. Right, they'll 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 write their the, yeah, way I mean, out of that. That's what I'm saying. They're cancel the show because of That's what I was wondering. Like was like yeah. is no, it really going to come to an end? No, I doubt it. And no? um and and again, John Hurt is supposed to be some sort of in between from the eighth doctor, which is actually the dude from Luther, um, the his ex wife's um, like lover that he becomes friends with. He was one of the doctors. Um, okay. I can't remember his name. So I, I just want to point out that my vote for was the her. next doctor was Luther's ex wife, Indira yeah. Varma. Okay. And and obviously she didn't yeah. make it, although she was cast on Game of Thrones two weeks later oh, for the fourth nice. season. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Is this a woman of color or just? Yeah. A... She, well, she's she's Indian. And, oh, and nice. Woman All right. And, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but who was sorry? So, yeah. Peter Capaldi <laughs> is yes. the new you just left our fans. Doctor. Well, I was like gonna say, waiting. there was there was a big special on Sunday on BBC America, and I watched it. 
for all you people out there and maybe myself. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Peter Capaldi is a really dope actor. He's an older British guy. Um, Scottish. Oh, that's right. He is Scottish. My yes. bad. Well, no, but he's British. He's right. not English. Right. But yes. anyway. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, sorry. He is Scottish. He's from that island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he um, was actually in World Ignorant War Z. Ignorant American. Yeah. <laughs> he was in uh, World War Z. He. Um, Who do you play in that? He actually, ironically, plays a Who doctor. Like a doctor for the WHO organization. The World oh, Health okay, Organization. Okay, no, because yeah. I've seen World War Z. How funny is that? Yes. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. Um, so, so he's in that. He is in um, uh, this. The Thick of It, yeah, which, which is, is a, a British, British show. show. The guy who created it does Veep on HBO, mm-hmm. and it's basically Veep is sort of the American version of The Thick of It. He plays a a, 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 a like fi- a political fixer in Britain okay. who's very, very profane. Like He definitely talks about shoving iPads up, uh, up yeah, people's cock holes and stuff yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, there's a really funny clips of him like, yeah, if you, having it, flip out. Yeah, Malcolm Tucker is the character. If you go on YouTube and just type Malcolm Tucker, you will see the most insane British disses that you've ever heard mm-hmm. in your life. And, and someone actually them. took... Um, uh, right. They merge Doctor Who clips with his free, and right. it is pretty. So hilarious. they've already merged Doctor Who with him doing, yeah, these. with his NSFW stuff. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious! It, it is really funny. He also was on a British well teen show called Skins, and he yes. played Sid's dad. And Sid was one of the characters who, uh, and so uh, please tell me that Skins involves sex. Skins, I think, is refers to the papers that you roll joints in 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 Britain. However, several members of the Skins cast are, in fact, also on Game of Thrones now. The 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 guy who plays Robert Baratheon's I- illegitimate son, Gendry, yep, and uh, the fat guy's girlfriend, the Wilding girlfriend, they were both on Skins. Uh, wow, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but. Somehow um, we're making this all relate. Right. Bros. Well, the whole world relates. Yes, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> no, so Peter, Peter Capaldi <laughs> yes. was cast as the new Doctor, and he's been a lifelong Doctor Who fan. Right. They've been showing he wrote this letter when he was 15 years old. I mean, this is a, a great thing for him. He's a great actor. I think he'll make a wonderful Doctor. Um, he actually was, I believe, considered the first time around when they cast Matt Smith. So, um, you know, this is someone that they really feel is going to be good. Um, and be, and going back to an older doctor is going to be interesting. It shouldn't have been a white man. Sure. But if they were going to cast a white man, it basically was like, I, I would relate it to, you wouldn't have thought anyone was going to come and beat Hillary Clinton in the presidential election five years ago. And Barack Obama sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, I guess that's actually a very bad analogy. Yeah, but, he is a but, black but, dude, but no, no, no. But the point being, <laughs> the point being, like they should. I, I don't know. The point well, here's, being, here's it's like if you're gonna cast a white guy, this guy is the right guy to go to to be in it. And I don't know. Somewhere in my analogy was just you're expecting one thing and you get another. Like, but that, instead you're all. expecting one thing and you got the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. So it's a terrible. Well, I, I, I apologize for. <laughs> gotta have one bad analogy. I, on every I saw show. today that Neil Neil Gaiman. Yeah, he Gaiman, claims Neil Gaiman he, claims he that a black guy was offered the role. Offered the role. Wow. Undisclosed actor was offered the role and turned it down. And they have to be British to be offered this role, so it does mean that it's got to be like uh, like Idris. one of five or six yeah. dudes. Idris, Idris, that yeah. guy Chenwei Etta. I don't know how to Chenever, pronounce his name. Yeah. No, he's, I, a I'm not gonna, he's a phenomenal actor. actor. David um, Harewood, who yeah. was on, um, he's on uh, Homeland. Right, exactly. Was also thrown around. Right. Either way, you know, apparently, I, you know, for what it's worth, somebody was offered this and turned, it, turned down. it down. So there's that. My beef is that at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, um, there were tons of panels with Doctor Who, and you had Stephen Moffat and Matt Smith constantly constantly talking about how yes the doctor can be female which neil gaiman actually made canon that you can switch gender so the doctor definitely can be female so they're talking about this and saying that it's it's you know it it should happen we should have a female doctor that would be cool i think it's doable then i'm watching the special literally literally a minute before they revealed the new doctor they're showing a video with Stephen Moffat, and he talks about, again, how the Doctor can be female, how everybody says Helen Mirren, and he made this joke about how, hey, I told her the Queen should be a guy, you know, because she always plays Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. So I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then he's like, I think it's high time that the Doctor <laughs> is a female. I mean, this is literally what he says. It's high time. I agree. It's high time the Doctor should be female. Boom, reveal, white male. Right. <laughs> and I I mean, if you go to uh, fanbros.com, read the scoop for Monday, that Michael Scott gif. I mean, that was legit my face. This, like, are you fucking kidding me face? Because 
My, my thing is, it like you you patronized all your female Absolutely, fans yep. by saying, "Oh my God, it could be a girl, could be a girl," and and then you you knew the whole time you cast a white guy. And granted, and they've I, known for a while. Apparently, right. like they've I mean, known for a even while. If, even if uh, a, you know this black actor turned it down, I mean, this probably happened months ago. So I, this idea that you didn't know who the doctor was at Comic Con is horseshit. And mm. if the one black guy turned it down, do they, they, does that mean they couldn't ask another one? Right. Like there are a number right. of you know, <laughs> more than one. You British know? British black men in and women. No, they in, were like in, they were in, like, oh wait, he turned it down. None of them right. want to do that, this. That's the only reason why I read that. The, the, the Neil Gaiman <laughs> thing, and I you was people? like, <laughs> you know, uh, what, you know, what, what, why, you know, it just didn't make sense. Like, and oh, then, well, they asked one, and he said no, so we went with this Scottish dude who's, you know. And they were saying something about how this doctor has to be more hardened. He has to be very, um, you know, he's he's got to be an older soul, and so this guy is perfect for that. And then after this, you can go to your woman or your person of color. And I just thought, really, like a woman can't act like she's seen a lot, right? Like, like wow. really? Yeah. A person of color doesn't know what the struggle is like. Right, right, right. No, I mean, no, never on. had to deal with that in my life. Struggle? What's that? That was a troll of the century. I was raised with a silver spoon in my mouth. I mean, so, so yeah, so I, I ranted <laughs> on Twitter. I ranted on the scoop. Um, but I just, I, I, you know, I have serious. You said I, you were done. Yeah. You are gonna watch it, right? Or um, no? You no. really? It's gonna come on, and you're not gonna watch it. I, I really don't think I'm going. Wow. To. Wow. That's a, yeah. Just, that seems you know like what? a big Here's deal. Here's my thing: is that you, my, to me, Stephen Moffat said that sure, you could be the doctor, but you're not. So settle for being a sidekick. Right. That was my takeaway message from that. Damn. So I mean, that I'm I'm really shocked here, Jamie. Like I know you as probably the biggest Doctor Who fan that I know personally. Right. But I mean, and that's the question: if this doesn't make me a real Whovian, which is you know Doctor Who fan, I'm, I'm not a white man either. So that's cool. You know, I mean, hmm. I don't know. Well. But I will I will certainly watch the 50th anniversary episode, yep. um, which has David Tennant, Matt Smith. Um, and then the Christmas episode is Matt Smith's goodbye. And then I'm done. All right. Yeah. Well, damn. So you're going to have to start watching it, DJ Ben Hermes. <laughs> Take up the Doctor Who slack. And catch up like 11 <laughs> right, years. Yeah. Dude, like, try like 60 years or 50 years, man. I mean, okay. For fan bros, if I must, I will keep watching and then just tongue in cheek it. But, but like, I... You know, I'm personally done. I would Damn. certainly keep watching for fan bros. The but, love is drawn. But but you know what? It's kind of like you, you kicked me in, in the dirt, you know? I don't know. Fully understandable. Well, I mean, after that. Message, don't troll Jamie. Yeah, for real, right? Wow. I mean, for real. She takes this seriously. Well, um, hey, damn, I don't know how to move on, but let's move on. You know, we got a new segment to introduce right now, Fan Bros Classics, in which we're going to review a classic piece of comic book, graphic novel, television, movie, something we feel that you've missed out on that you need to check up on. And so for an inaugural edition of that, I'd like to talk about uh, Red Sun, a comic book or uh, graphic novel limited series yeah it was a li- i think originally released series. as a limited yeah. series four issues yeah, limited series collected it written by mark millar yep. whose name i always Who, mispronounce who's also scottish i might add yes actually. he's also yes. scottish re- relating back to the doctor who segment um yeah and mark millar wrote this four issues long and the premise is really simple and basic it's what if superman landed in russia instead of kansas right exactly and from there, Mark Millar just takes it. I mean, he turns it up to 11. It also, he does, it's a cool thing. It's Red Sun, isn't it? R-E-D-S-O-N. Mm, yes. So it's like, but there is actually a whole thing. Superman gets his powers from the Red Sun, S-U-N. So it is like a play on. From the Yellow Sun. Oh, from the Red The Red Sun takes his powers away. Exactly. I, I'm sorry. I, that, was, that was, yeah, absolutely. But just even that premise that what if Superman landed in Russia and right. not. Uh, that's just such, actually, he was Ukraine, so it was USSR. But it's just such a brilliant idea, yeah. you know? And they, they've played with that a lot in DC. There, They did a whole miniseries called The Nail, where what if the the Kent's car had had gotten a flat tire from a nail and they didn't find him? They did it actually a twelve issue miniseries, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Red Sun. Um, I, love which, the, I love the justification he used to basically present Superman as well. He's supposed to be this American icon, as right? You now you know you're the commie icon, and I thought that was brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. And then using the um, the history of what was actually going on during that time and all the um, political strife going on through that time and, and all the propaganda, it was amazing. I, I'm not, like, the biggest Martin Millar fan in the world. Like, I love the Ultimates, 
But then a lot of his other stuff after that, like Kick-Ass, I thought was okay. He wrote another one, Wanted, that they turned into the movie. I was disgusted with Wanted. Um, but I think Red Sun is in my top three Superman stories of all time. Yeah, no, it, it's really good. And and, and uh, jumping off of what, of what Tatiana just said, I actually also think it also shows you the propaganda and all that stuff in the u.s oh Super, definitely you know what i mean yeah. like it's not just the russian you it know makes like, kennedy out to be an idiot yeah Everything. i mean yeah. You, you definitely it makes you look at at our superman like the non-alternate reality superman as not such a good well, guy or either just, yeah. you can see some of the warts on the both the mythology and the yep. real well not real well, but you know yeah but superman truth justice and the american way it was propaganda in some yeah. ways for you know what it meant to to be american and and then you flip it on its head and it's it's so funny because yeah you're, you're like oh my god look at you know like look at these russians right, but, but, but yeah but sure i mean you have to kind of look at yourself and it was just so fascinating to see how he becomes like the weapon that wins the cold war i mean there really is no cold war because yeah because of they're because of superman yeah. um and it's just and you see the decline of america and of course you know they're clinging to you know their their pride and and it's a third you know, america becomes a third world country right yeah, yeah. No, I thought, like I said, Red Sun is definitely one of the best written. The whole story, the way it all comes together from beginning to end, it's got a super twist at the end that we're not going to give away here, obviously, but and the way it all wraps up is just damn near perfect. And can we just say, like, probably one of the dopest interpretations of Batman ever? <laughs> right? Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Batman yeah. with uh, fur on his head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved about it is that they he still loses his parents. Yep. And he sees them killed, but they're, you know, the KGB kills his parents. Yeah. It's right. just so brilliant. Yep. And then he becomes a terrorist, essentially, mm-hmm. which I guess one could sort of argue that, that maybe bat- Batman, that real is Batman is a little bit, sure. Yeah. Um, but, but, he, but he uses bombs, and he kind of, I mean, it's just, uh, it was just so... And I he's hilarious, it. too. He yeah, is. He, 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 he is absolutely hilarious. I mean, some of the most successful stuff they do is riffing on these things that you know so well, because yep. they can't seem to come up with anything, like a whole new new superhero Mm -hmm. so by taking a superhero that you already know and just sort of twisting them a little bit you know putting you know they have more success with but, that. But this is better done than like the usual like Marvel's what ifs, which right, are usually like one off. Worlds, I think DC calls them. Yeah, and yeah. Elseworlds, some of the Elseworlds have been good, some have right. been bad, but Red Sun, I, I think it's just more than just taking it and flipping it. It's, it's the attention to detail yeah, yeah. that really makes Red it's Sun stand out. It's a full package. Out. It's a full package, yeah. full story, f- really fleshed out thought yep. and executed beautifully. I mean, yeah. even if you're just an art person, if you're just looking at it just for the way, the angular style and how um, the coloring, I mean, it's amazing dave johnson and killian plunkett or the pencilers and they they switched over like halfway through it but i like that it maintained a unique i'm not unique but the visual style doesn't switch too much between the both of them speaking of the colors it's done by the colorist i meant done by paul monks and a letter is ken lopez and like we said before mark millar is the writer red sun from superman definitely i mean you know just to jump off what you said i think this might even be the best what if within dc wow um, it's up there. It definitely yeah. is up there. Uh, if that's it, a good question, though. For yeah, what would be the best? They, I think that yeah, they're else worlds. That's what DC's. Yeah, oh, my bad, yeah. My what bad. if is the Marvel? No, no. I'm just saying for the brand thing. I really like the um, a Red Rain. Is it called with Batman as a vampire? The first one that ever came out. Oh, I've never heard. Oh, that. you know what? I know, I know Batman Girl over here. Wow. Yeah. yeah they, well, there have been that. so many of these. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that the, 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 the um Batman as a vampire went off into like three or four different graphic novels at this point. Yeah, because there was I know there was one in the '90s. The first one I read that was like Red run as kelly jones yeah kelly jones kelly yeah, see, jones i'm not wild myself about his interpretation although really? it works for the horror oh, thing yeah no, so i actually think it works well for that but when he was actually the regular batman oh no no, no kelly jones is the writer there's another doug dude. munch oh no doug uh, munch, munch is the right yeah and now, kelly somebody, jones is kelly the, jones yeah, dude, he, writes, he does the batman with like with really big ears giant and, ears giant yeah, see, wings I didn't, yeah. I, it was a little too impressionistic like his art is sort of like those german like silent 20s like nosferatu yeah type, definitely you know? so he i thought he did yeah it works really really well for the uh red rain or whatever right. it's called but maybe not as well for the other ones no it was he was the regular batman artist for a couple of years and i i agree it did work well for the vampire story yep. one quick thing dave johnson is really talented i forgot how good oh, the art my was God. And, 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 yeah. until we, we we took a look at it again if you're a hundred bullets fan out there mm. dave, dave johnson did all the covers to hundred bullets oh he's and sick that's, and that's why he probably um 
they had someone else take over. He's one of these guys who's a little slower just in terms of his artwork. Yeah. And they probably needed like to, to get caught up, and that's why they probably brought in the second artist. I think they collected all those 100 Bullets covers yes, into yeah. one Into like, one thing, exactly. Just because that's of how, how good the covers are. are. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, because I've never I've read like a four or five issues of Hundred Bullets. It's very it's like the most complicated comic. I, like I've literally had been there with like multiple graphic novels, and still I'm looking back as if I'm like taking a law class, like trying to figure out wait who's this guy and <laughs> yeah. who did he kill and wait why did he kill her and why yeah. did she you know? But it's really good. It's just if you can keep everything straight. Yeah, some of our, our uh, listeners have definitely talked about it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. A, a friend of mine always tells. I mean, I've read like four or five issues and I liked it, but I never got more into it than that. But um, that's a great question yeah. of the week for our fan bros. Uh, what would be the best Elseworlds tale by um, DC? And in fact, we can even expand that to Marvel and just say what what's the best what if tale that Marvel's told or the best Elseworlds tale that DC has told. And that's it for our first uh, segment of Fan Bros Classics. We covered Red Sun once again by Mark Millar. Check it out. Limited series by DC. Hope you like it. Hope you like this segment. And moving on to my second favorite segment of the week is Chico's Netflix pick of the week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I have we haven't done Uh-oh. a documentary in a little while. So okay. um, there was a documentary about there, there's an artist named Ai Weiwei in China. And um, if you can imagine if uh, Nelson Mandela and Dallas Penn had a baby and he was an old Chinese man, he would be Ai Weiwei. Um, Hold you know, up. So, he, he, shouts you, to Dallas Penn. In, right. in your Ch- Chico's Netflix Pick of the Week moment, sponsored by Samsung, right. you've also managed to bring up your Chicopedia moment right. of the week. Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how much of a Chicopedia or more of a, you know, I, I, it's hard to describe, but Ai Weiwei. Way is an artist who is also taking on he's taking on like the Chinese establishment there we go downhill like he's been he's been uh, under house arrest and um He's really dope. I mean, and I think... How both, does he relate to Dallas Penn? Well, I think Dallas Penn is really dope, and I think Nelson Mandela <laughs> is really dope. And I think Ai Weiwei embodies the dopeness of both in the sense of he has the sort of patience and... and you know, you know and, Chico, I know who that is, and I would never have put those two together <laughs> right. in my life. Well, here's a picture of, of Ai Weiwei if you just want to go by the physical, uh, you know... I, I've known him by through words alone, but now right. seeing his picture, he's right. Yeah. See? And, and uh, so there, he, there's a documentary... Oh, about him <laughs> called Never Sorry and he's really a, an extraordinary individual and uh um, it's really worth your time if you want to see like what it is to be an artist and try and express yourself in a totally totalitarian regime. I feel and, like, like I've heard of this him, movie yeah, before. They've thrown him in jail. They've cracked his head open, and he he responds really dopely in terms of um, you know. Uh, you I don't know. know how I don't know how dopely you can respond to getting your head cracked open. Well, I mean, in the sense of he goes and waits outside the police station and files all these. With like, his he head act- cracked open. Well, after he gets out of the hospital, I mean, I don't want to give a lot of stuff away, but he's also an incredible artist. And there is actually, you know, there's a whole street art thing of people, you know, free uh, Ai Weiwei in 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 China, and so it connects to you know, sort of the political graffiti. And, and th- there's just a lot of stuff for fan bros. And, um, you know, uh, Ai Weiwei, never sorry. And, uh, I, I, you know, if you know who Dallas Penn is and you know who Nelson Mandela is, <laughs> I, I definitely, if they, if they had a baby and he was an old Chinese man, he would be Ai Weiwei. I, I feel like that's the greatest description of a right. person I've ever that's heard. My, that's, my, that's my Netflix pick of the week. Please don't question our credibility. Right. <laughs> I mean, we know what we talk about normally. Absolutely, no. But you, but you know. no. But like he said, if you Google him, Google a picture of him, and if you happen to know Dallas Penn, and I'm no, sure y'all know true. Nelson Mandela, and personality-wise too. I mean, I feel like th- there are times when Dallas could have the follow-through of Nelson Mandela, who definitely kept it. You know, you know, whatever. Literally, slow and steady wins the race, and yeah. Nelson Mandela won the race. And in that sense, Ai Weiwei has that, but he also has the exuberance for life and the dope observations of a Dallas Penn. All righty. Well, what's the name of it again? It's called Ai Weiwei Never Sorry. I just like his name. Yeah. Ai Weiwei. Yeah. Never Sorry on Netflix. On Netflix. This has been Chico's Netflix Pick of the Week. Right. Sponsored by Apple Computers. (laughs) 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 And the ghost of Steve Jobs. And the the new movie, Jobs. Right. (laughs)
Why not? Right. Um, speaking of new movies, this weekend Elysium is opening. Uh, probably the last big summer movie of the year, I think. Right? Yeah, big action. Well, summer. Certainly of yeah. worthwhile, like of ones that we're looking forward yeah. to. Yeah, definitely. Um, Elysium, if you don't know, stars Matt Damon as a poor, broke man trying to make it to Elysium, which is where all the rich people have moved off to. Right, it takes place like 150 years in the future, and the Earth has been trashed, and only the poor people are left, and the rich people live in space. With my girl Jodie Foster. Right, and, yep. and they can cure cancer, and you get everything. Jodie stay in you space. Know. You notice that? Yeah. Mm. Jodie stay working, too. Contact. Yeah, Jodie stays working. And, uh, yeah, it looks really good. It's written and directed by Neil Bloomkamp, who wrote and directed uh, District, District 9, 9, which was an amazing film for those who haven't seen it. It's definitely one of my favorites from the last few years. Definitely in terms of science fiction, one of the illest movies. And also, like, I remember walking out of District 9, and I was just like, yo, that's so fucked up. Yeah, you know? like and, felt for them. Yeah, and it was like... And the, it was one the, of the prawns. Yeah, and I was like, yo, I've never... I've never felt for an alien like that. And not even that. I felt for my man who got turned to the prawn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And just like, I'm ne- I can't think of the last... And the father and son aliens. Like everything. They, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't think of the last Hollywood bid-budget movie that I've walked out of like that, where I was like, damn, that's fucked up. You know, like, normally you're like, oh, you know, everything ties up, neat little bow, happy ending, everybody's great, you know, but this was really one of those movies where you're like, oh, it doesn't really tie up, it just ends. Yeah, and years ago they claimed they were going to make a sequel. But highly doubtful, but doesn't look doubtful. like it. Yeah, so it's like, you really are left with that Crushing, crushing ending, like damn. Unless Elysium does well, and then yeah. But even if it, it does, I, I don't. I, I, Neil Bloomkamp seems to be the type of writer director now that he's like, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna take this money, I'm gonna do what I want to do, and make movies that I want to make. I so think, I, I don't see him smart. doing go back to a sequel, which I, I'm, I'm proud. Like, don't do a sequel. Yeah, Leave it absolutely with the, with the bad ending. I like, think that's smart to keep that track. Like you said, you feel crushed at yeah. the end. Yeah. To always remember that at the end, like, like you feel the adversity. And you will, that's all you remember about that. Like, that's very strong. And that's why I'm looking so far, uh, that's why I'm looking forward so much to Elysium because I'm hoping that he repeats it. I mean, not with the same, you know, terrible ending or whatever. And it's I'm not like, a terrible no, no, ending. No, no, it's an ending yeah. that no, made you feel meant. terrible. That, yeah, 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 yeah. It made you terrible in a very artful way. Right. Thank you for clearing that up because I don't know. It was a fantastic movie right. with a great ending. Exactly. But I'm hoping that Elysium has something like that. I don't, you know, I don't want him to be like M. Night Shyamalan where he has to give you the, you know, here's your doom filled ending, right. you know. But no, I just want him to give me something different. And I think that he's going to do that with Elysium. So. Looking forward to it. Hope it does well this weekend. I mean, science fiction also has a history of social commentary, mm-hmm. and that's going away in a lot of these big yes. budget things. And he's both um, certainly District Nine offered a lot of social commentary, and Elysium as well. Elysium as well, and so that bodes well. What doesn't bode well for Elysium is that Planes is opening this weekend, <laughs> which is the big Pixar like sequel to Cars. It's Disney. It's or not it's Disney. Pixar. It's not Pixar. Yeah. Okay. And I heard it was originally supposed to be straight to video, but yeah. I have a little, you know, in the same way that like Despicable Me came out and like just slaughtered uh, Pacific, Rim. Pacific Rim, and it's just sort of, Damn. you know, I would like to see Elysium. But that's okay because The Conjuring slaughtered Despicable Me too. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And then next weekend, I think, I think next weekend. Kick-Ass 2? Yeah, it's August. Co- yeah, yeah, definitely. Up. Yeah, Kick-Ass 2, so that'll so probably bring him up. somehow takes over. I, I can't see that, though. No, I, I can't either. Keep your kids I, home this weekend. Right. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Keep your kids home. Or get better yet, yeah, bring them to Elysium. Give them some social listen, commentary listen. young. <laughs> Teach them now that you don't get what you want all right. the time in life. <laughs> life is <laughs> nothing but... Jamie sabotaging the box office. Right. Life is nothing but a series of bad endings. Crushing bad endings. Can we get some kickbacks from Elysium? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if we are right now. I'm, I'm not sure if we're helping or hurting this no, cause. I, no, no go right. see the movie. And I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to see the exosuit he puts on. I want to know all the specs on that. Yeah, definitely. Nerd, so. Yeah. No it, no, it looks dope. Neil, that's that's nothing. one last thing about it. That's what I loved about District 9. Not only did you get all the social commentary and all that, when the mecha robots came out, that shit was awesome. Yeah. Like, there's, like, great moments of action in District 9, and it was done on a really low budget, right? Like, it wasn't, like, a huge yeah. budget movie. And even this one is, it's a smaller budget than the big, like, it's got a much yeah. smaller budget than, you know. But the action that I've rim. seen yeah. the, from the trailers looks great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to I mean, I think most of the budget is Matt Damon and Jodie Foster salad. <laughs> no, literally. I'm, like, I'm that's sure. like, you know. Yeah, yeah I could definitely Like, see a third that. of the budget is just those two actors. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything else left for this week on Fan Bros? I mean, you, you want to watch about talk about all those old men? 
Should we talk about? <laughs> I mean, those are all the. I guess so. I, I did want to talk about a little more social commentary. So angry men. With um, <laughs> with Bioshock, the new oh, yeah. one coming yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's the word on that, Jamie. Well, um, if you go to the scoop again on fanbros.com, <laughs> um, you shameless can, plug. <laughs> you know, you could check out the trailer for um, Beyond the Sea. I think it's called. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, which is uh, the first episode. There's going to be two. I thought it was three, but I hear it's two. Um, but this is uh, some downloadable content for Bioshock Infinite that should be coming out March of next year, but we're kind of hoping it'll be sooner. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, the trailer is amazing. It definitely has that old-timey feel. They're playing some Johnny Mathis. You see Booker, you see Elizabeth, and then you see Rapture. Rapture, um, for those who don't know, is from the very first Bioshock game. It's the underwater city that the first Bioshock game took place in. This um, Infinite took place in Columbia, Columbia, which was the flying city. And in... And in the first Rapture, I mean, in the first Bioshock, Rapture was already destroyed. It had been a, pretty much abandoned for years. So this is the first time you're going to get to see Rapture in its full glory, like well, you got to see Columbia. Yeah, and it's actually going to be on the eve of the fall of Rapture. So that's what that date is. Yes. I wasn't sure. I yeah. figured that's what it was, but I wasn't sure yeah, that's so, what the date was. So not only are you going to get to see it in its heyday, so to speak, but then you're going to find out why, like what happened to get it to basically Bioshock. Now, also in Infinite, at, uh, towards the end, we visit Rapture for a quick for second, a quick too. Second, yeah. And that's where you uh, dispose of um, the bird, songbird, songbird, songbird and everything. And so, which, is, which is really sad, by the way. I know he was always trying to kill you, but like... Oh, man, Songbird was so me. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt bad. I really did feel bad for Songbird going out like that. And hopefully we get to see some more. That's why I'm saying this. I think we might get to see some more of Songbird in this. Because that's one thing people have been looking for is like the story behind Songbird. Yeah, definitely. Songbird. Um, basically what I've read is that you're definitely going to get the elements from Bioshock 1 and 2 that you really loved um, and everything that made Bioshock Infinite great plus a new experience. So they're kind of getting everything and giving you something fresh at the same time. Um, I mean, we have talked about how great Bioshock Infinite was, so I definitely have some pretty high hopes for this. Um, you know, of course, despite the fact that, you know, Elizabeth is a sidekick, but whatever. But you actually get to play as Elizabeth in this one. That's word on the street. Yes, that that is word on the street is is that you will be getting to play Uh, as Elizabeth in this one. Uh, So they, (laughs) 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 Booker, catch. Yeah. So wait, obviously then the developers listen to fan bros because I remember me and Tatiana basically saying, I want to play as Elizabeth. We need some kit back. But, um, speaking of something that's not new and fresh, uh, the Expendables (laughs) 4 is coming out. Four is not three. Is it three? Yeah, I, I lose track three. of this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I lose track. Right. And um, the latest news is that Bruce Willis is out of there and Harrison Ford is up in there, which also means that we now have Harrison Ford and uh, Mel Gibson on one movie together. Whoa! So this this might be the angriest movie set ever. Right. <gasps> He's indie, though. Yes, and also that's the other news, right, that he might be playing Indiana Jones well, again? Well, he, he, he said he's open to doing Indiana Jones 5. So is he's for, so he's open just, to digging up the grave of Indiana Jones and defiling it. Is Harrison Ford just yeah. open Thank to you. making money? Yeah. Chico put it bluntly. That's yeah. why it's so old. Yeah, it's not we appropriate, let you know? Let him, let him rest. But like Mae West was still doing movies when she was 70 and she was trying to be sexy. And that's what <laughs> literally that's what. And like they would have to prop her up and stuff like that because she'd be really drunk and she couldn't fit into her dress. And that's literally the There's same thing. There's your Chico Peter me- moment. the same thing as the Harrison Ford. Here's, here's the thing about Harrison Ford. He smokes a lot of ganja. He does. So, does he really? Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally all the time. Word? Like, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a big. So maybe he was just a little high and he thought, yeah, man, let's get the band back together. Right. You know? <laughs> wow, I didn't know that about yeah. Ford. Yeah, yeah, he's a Yo, huge, oh, huge weed head. Oh, I can tell the story. And this is perfect timing. Um, years ago, I was in a club in D.C., uh, Republic Gardens, for those who know. This is like back when D.C. was really like chocolate city. It was a Friday night, and so, I mean, it's Friday night at Republic Gardens. It is full to the rim of black people. That's all I can say. Urban professionals, young, you know, nice, you know, upscale crowd, but all black. I'm downstairs DJing. Someone's like, yo, Harrison Ford's upstairs. Fuck out of here. I throw on a long record, run upstairs. Harrison Ford, three other white guys. I'm not sure what movie he was doing at the time, but he had a white, all white hair. Harrison Ford, three other white guys, standing at the bar, Budweiser's in hand. Nobody bothering them. This is right. this is like right before the explosion of cell phones with cameras and everything. So nobody's bothering them. They're just sitting there drinking Budweiser, chilling. Yo, Han Solo was in Republic Gardens. I I, I <laughs> and yo, know, this is one of those things where I I had I just stood there. I was just like, 
Wow. And I had so, nothing to say. Like I didn't speak to him. I went back downstairs and finished DJing. Were you too shocked? To yeah, I was. That? I was complete. I just, I, you know, I, I just, I know I've heard that he hates or doesn't want to talk about Han Solo. I mean, I love doing Witness. I love, I love Harrison Ford. But yeah, I was. It was one. Of, I was starstruck. I was. I was just like you the DJ. You could be like, hey, I DJ here. Uh, anything you want to hear? <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was just like I had. I had nothing for Harrison Ford because I. I just did not want to turn into a blubbering fool. Like, oh my God, Han Solo. You know, you, you should have put on the, the me. Miko Star Wars seventies Miko Star Wars theme. That's what you should have put on. <laughs> oh, he would have left. Yeah, he would have been, been so left. pissed. Yeah. But I think there's also something. Plus, about, the Close Encounters about one's better. meeting your 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 idols in some ways. Yes. And so, like, if you did talk to him and not even bring up Han Solo yep. and he, you know what I mean and like, he was like a dick or something yeah, yeah I might have been like oh man Harrison yeah but no that was like that's I mean I've had some really crazy celebrity encounters he but that's one of them no 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 well he might have been but he was I just remember Budweiser he had to be if he was the only three people I mean, in there they, yo it, I mean and it was packed and they're just standing there chilling Budweiser it's like and he had a white hair and it it was just it was just one of those moments, man. You know, I've I've seen a lot of craziness, but that's definitely in the top ten of that's the celebrity awesome. encounters I've had. Yeah, I'll probably have to tell more of these stories now. Um, I, I have a few of them too. We'll we'll relay uh, oh, them back awesome. and forth. And, yeah. and fan bros out there, if you've met some of your favorite celebrities and have a cool story, you should hit us up on Twitter. Or you can leave a comment on fanbros.com underneath this episode itself. You know, we might have a prize or something, or you know, we're gonna mention next week at the very least. Well, and all the celebrities who we know are listening to this show could also I mean, actually obviously, come out and tell us. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they also might like to hear your story about right. them. So you never know. So I think that's about it for this week on Fan Bros. Uh, anything else, everybody? I just wanted to say, uh, you mentioned Beyond the Sea was the title of one of the episodes coming up. Julio Iglesias in the early 70s does an amazing version of Beyond the Sea. That's all. You Chico guys can Pita listen entry. to it. Chico Pita entry number three. Yeah, you can three listen to it on YouTube or Spotify. <laughs> but look up Julio, a very young Julio Iglesias version of Beyond the Sea. It's pretty good. So oh, we so your Chicopedia moment of the week sponsored by Skype. You're getting your I guess so. you're getting yeah, it in exactly. right. You're making I sure. Guess so. I'm, I'm Matt's sponsors for this yeah, show. Yeah, I got I got the big bucks. Yeah. You're making sure you get right. that check. Chicopedia right. powered by Google. Right. <laughs> I mean, damn. Can I get some of that scrap? It doesn't ever stop, and Chico's pretty greedy. All right, folks. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Fan Bros. Fan Bros.